Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Nonley Podcast with me, John Phipps, and a man who has had a roller coaster of emotions this week, Mr Matt Gerrard. Yes, we're earlier than usual, my fault again, but that does mean you get five whole days to listen before the weekend games. We'll just not mention ham for midweek games that we're going to miss. Um, so Matt, big news aside, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, yeah, so... Uh... Um, well, my, I'm trying to find something different to watch on the telly. I've started watching, what we always start with telly, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if you've seen any of them. Yeah, yeah, not my thing, but yeah. No, no, so we've got onto that, but there's nothing on the telly at the moment to watch. We've finally finished Friends after about four months of watching Friends, so it's a bit of a gap now, the 20-minute thing, and there's absolutely bugger all on the telly now he's finished killing Eve and normal crap on ITV so we need some programs so anybody who is a list, uh, an avid listener if we've got any um, recommend any programs I have got Netflix and all the other ones but apart from Amazon Prime which I only got for the Man City documentary you still haven't watched the Man City documentary have you? I, I haven't got time I told you this I haven't got time to watch any t- uh, why, do you th- why do you think we're doing the podcast at 9 o'clock on a Monday night? Well because you're travelling around um Vienna with Madura, aren't you? <laughs> well, exactly. That one. But also, there is the fact that it is nine o'clock on a Monday night, and it feels odd on a, on a Monday night when I'm not talking to you at nine o'clock. So it's quite. Yeah, nice. that's true. I did think of that. Yeah, this time next week we'll be live on BBC Radio Kent. We will Kent cricket special. We're not giving anything away. No, but yeah, you want to be listening to that next week if you have any interest in cricket. I mean, we might talk about some football as well. You never know, Matt, because yeah. it's kind of one of one of the things that we're sort of there for. Apparently, we're quite good at that. So. Yeah, apart from that, apart from that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, well, winter's drawing in a little bit, so it's a little bit sad, isn't it? I, I quite like it. I have to wear, put my trousers on after, well, I do normally wear trousers, but uh, I've been, I normally wear my shorts all the time, but now it's, you know, back up to the long trousers is probably things. So that's, I find that quite sad because I really like the summer and the beach hats go on and it's, so it's that, it's that time sort of October to November when nothing really goes on, does it? So, there's nobody's birthdays or nothing exciting happening. You just wait for Christmas, waiting for Christmas now, really, isn't it? Well, Which is really on the, October the eighth, whatever it is, it's a long, it's a long, long way away. I have got a birthday to plan on November the first, so I do have a little bit going on. And apparently, Matt, there is going to be a bit of a heat wave this week, so I think you're doom and gloom about the weather. You may just be able to crack the shorts out once more, no, maybe Wednesday good, night. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I think we've had to put the heating on. Against my better judgment, the heating has gone on this evening, so uh, it's quite nice and warm in there now, as I'm recording it at home rather than uh, in an office that we normally do it as on a Monday night. Monday night pod. There you go. It's it's a first, isn't it? I think it is a first, actually, yeah. So uh, it'll probably be the last as well, I'd imagine. But um, yeah, just just for this week, we're doing it on a Monday night. So uh, uh, just to to keep you in the loop of things, because there's obviously been... A lot happening this week. Um, it is our 53rd episode this week, um, which, of course, is Lovebug Hervey's racing number. Um, I suppose, also, technically, it's the start of our second year, what with there being 52 weeks in a year. So if we'd done a podcast every single week, we'd now be on 53, and it'd be the start of year two. So, I mean, obviously, we're... Oh, did you say Lovebug Hervey's number? Lovebug. You know, the Lovebug. Um, what? Oh, Hervey? Yeah. Classic film from the 70s. Exactly. Well, my kids would probably enjoy that. I must be on... That could be it. I could have watched all the 15 Herbie Goes Bananas films in the next week. That must be on Netflix. It's got to be, isn't it? How many film, How many? Yeah, how many Herbie films were there? I don't know. Four? There's that funny bloke who was always sort of, you know, a bit strange, but he always looked up to Herbie, yeah. Is that you? Yeah, great films, yeah. So anyway, I suppose there's really only one place we can start this week. So Matt, tell me, 
What do you think about Margate's nil-nil draw with Harlow? Disappointing. Harlow aren't doing very, very well. And, they have got, and they've got a few problems, Margate, and that's what we need to discuss for the rest of the pod. Not the other big news in Kent football. Oh, no, I'm winding you up. Of course. It was the end of the uh, end of an era at Crabble on Friday when it was announced that Dover Athletic had sacked their long-serving manager, Chris Kinnear. And on Monday, after a false start, it was announced that Andy Hessenthaler is back as the man to replace him. Um, I've already received at least five spreadsheets from Matt over the last few days, and I'm sure he'll get to the stats in time. But first of all, let's just look at the cold, hard facts, Matt. Chris Kinnear was sacked on Friday. Was that the right decision? Probably in the long run, yeah. I'm disappointed. I've got maximum respect for Chris Kinnear. He's a very, very nice man. Um, I grew up watching his side on the terraces in the late 80s, early 90s, when they'd win every week. And he came back and, you know, the job he did in five and a bit years was unbelievable. Getting into the National League, beating Ebbsfleet was a great day out. Beating Cheltenham was a great day out to get to the third round. Um, we've had... Um, I've had some great memories, and those memories are the 918 games that he was manager of my football club, which is an unbelievable effort. Um, yeah, but, you know, we are that bad this season, um, and it could be because of the transfers. It probably is because the players aren't good enough. It was time for a change, and probably the um, the most open secret in football that Hessen Tyler would have come back, and that's what's happened now. But whatever it says, Chris Kinnear, you know, you know, I'll text him after he left, lost his job and I'll probably ring him in the next few days. But, you know, maximum respect. And he, he will be back, there's no doubt about it. He's so close to managing 1,500 games. Um, I think he'll try and do that from a club. And, you know, he's always going to be on the periphery if, if Kent clubs are doing badly. Chris Kinnear will be linked to the job. He's got his hunger and fight. And maybe a few months off, he'll be back to his best. But he's a fantastic manager. And more importantly, a fantastic person. Disappointed to see him go, but as they say, the king is dead, long live the king. What, what was it like on Saturday? I mean, obviously they played at home to Salford on Saturday. Um, I personally was very surprised that the announcement was made on the Friday, although having heard the interview that you carried out with Jim Parmenter, he said that the reason they made the decision on Friday was that they decided on Thursday. So what was the point in having him there on Saturday when he wasn't going to have, have the job anymore? But Saturday, obviously, at home to Salford, a game that they were probably expected to lose anyway. Jake LeBeau took charge. They lost 4-1. But what was the atmosphere like? And the Dover fans that you were chatting to, obviously, you've got a lot of friends who are Dover fans like you. What was their feeling about it all? Um, I think everybody was a little bit sad. I think everybody was thinking about who's taking over, but it was a, an open secret. It was probably going to be Andy Hessenthaler from what Jim Parmenter said. Yeah, everybody's disappointed how it ended with Chris Kinnear. He couldn't say goodbye to everybody, but it, it was a strange one because nobody ever thought that we were going to win. You know, speaking to Jake Lavelle before the game, it, it was damage limitation because Salford were a good side and may well go on to win the division. So it was a sad state of affairs. Apparently, there are a few people who you know didn't really like Kinnear's style of football turned up again and people from that but now you'll look, you've got to look forward um, Andy Hessenthaler's in um, he's got a challenge on his hands a big challenge if he can keep us up because we're well ensconced in the relegation zone there's going to be big changes on and off the pitch the next few days but we'll go from there yeah it was just a bit everybody knew we were going to lose so basically everybody just thinking about thanking Chris Kinnear and thinking well when's Hess coming well, indeed. And, and Hess has come. Hess was appointed at about two o'clock on Monday afternoon. The news was confirmed by Dover Athletic that uh, Andy Hess and Tyler had left Eastleigh to return 
to Crabble, where he was manager for a few years. Uh, Matt will give you some stats on that shortly. Um, but before that, Matt managed to catch up with the returning Dover Athletic manager. So here he is, his debut on the Kent Non League podcast. It's Andy Hassentyler. Well, Andy, uh, it's been a whirlwind couple of days for you. How's it worked out? You're back as manager of Dover. Uh, well, yeah, it's been pretty manic the last few days. Um, Dover um, obviously contacted Eastleigh asking permission to talk to me. Um, they gave me permission um, on the basis of they thought I'd probably want to speak to Dover in terms of location. Um, but uh, it wasn't just about that location. It was obviously, uh, yeah, I wanted to sit down and speak about football, obviously, to Jim. So I was able to meet him on Sunday and... Uh, and it happened that quickly, really, and I've been in today, and um, you know it's uh, it's all happened. So it was a tough day because you know it's hard to leave me sleep because uh, you know I built a decent relationship up there with, uh, with the players and uh, enjoyed my time there. And, uh, so it's a little bit of a wrench, but um, you know it's it's back home. It's I've got you know it's where my family come from and uh, I come from, and you know I've got a granddaughter, I've got a grandson on the way, so. You know, you know, it ticks all the boxes and after speaking to Jim, the project going forward is uh, is very promising. Do you feel you've got unfinished business? You took them on the brink of the conference last time. Now you're in the National League and now you've got to try and keep them in there. Yeah, it was a challenge. It was a challenge when I went into Dallas last time. And, uh, I was to, uh, the remit was to get them up the, up the leagues and uh, we were fortunate enough to do that uh, with Jim's backing. And... Um, you know, it's another challenge this time, and uh, you know we we had some we had three good years. Then we sent out on the third promotion, and then I finished second with the playoffs and that. But uh, you know, this is a different kettle of fish. This is a tough league. You know, it's a professional league, and uh, you know it's uh, it's going to be tough. But you know, it's a challenge we I, I relish, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. You mentioned the uh, chairman's back in there. It's true. The club's going to go full time, and they'll be training more at Crabble. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, the players are on a full-time contract, uh, contract there anyway, you know, and uh, it was just a way that uh, it was done with, with Chris and the staff that, uh, you know, they, they, they trained, I mean, two nights a week. Uh, sometimes it was only one night, uh, sometimes it was three. It was a bit of a mix, really, in terms of training. Uh, and uh, But with this league, I mean, it's a professional league now, and uh, the players need to be training every day. So every day, bar probably Wednesday, so, you know... Uh, that's, that's what I'm going to be, be saying to the players tomorrow night. We're going to be meeting tomorrow night. We'll train at Dover. Uh, and then we'll train on uh, Thursday. We'll train on Friday. And, uh, and we'll prepare ourselves for Harrogate. So, yeah, we're going to be training. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's a professional outfit. So that's what we've got to do you know, in this league, like most teams do. Yeah, I've seen Dover play in match this season. They have been struggling. Do you expect a, a high turnover of players? We've seen Harry Wheeler going to Maidstone and... He's brought a lot of players in. Do you expect to be a hard turnover of players coming in and out of the club? Well, yeah. I mean, listen, I think we need to make some changes. Um, but I'm going to certainly be a clean slate for, for all the players. They've got to impress me. So, you know, but we've got to move quickly on it. So I haven't got a lot of time. But, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be straight on to it. We'll, we'll give the players every chance. And, um, you know, we'll go from there. But, you know, obviously I'll, I've, I've got minds on, my minds on other you know, players coming into the football club, which... Uh, the chairman said to me, "Look, you, you can freshen it up, bring a few, few faces in, and that—that's what I'll have to do, and uh, and we'll go from there." But you know, the players that are there, you know, we've got to work with them, and um, 
you know, we've got to start climbing the table. So you know, we'll all pull together and uh, and find a, a way of winning games. And uh, hopefully we can do that pretty soon. You've been doing pretty well at East. I think you won the last four games. What do you think the standard of the National League's like this year? Because it's, it's quite a, you know, a lot of the northern sides are doing well compared to the southern boys. I agree, yeah. I think this league's getting harder and harder. And, you know, the finances in this league are, are getting higher and higher. I think a lot of the northern teams are spending a lot of money, you know, short for the, you know, who Dover played at the weekend, uh, you know, uh, you know, they've done fantastic. They've got, they got, uh, um, a lot of finances there, and uh, you know your Chesterfields, your, your Harrogates, you know they're all spending money. So I say this, this list league's getting harder and harder each year. So um, very competitive. It's, it's going to be difficult, but um, you know we've we've got there's a squad there. Um, you know hopefully training every day, um, and, and we can get them on there, get them fitter, get them get them organised the way we want to do, the way I want to do it, the way my philosophy and. Uh, Hopefully that will bring the turn around and we can uh, we can start climbing the table. Yeah, you're working with uh, Darren Hare and Nicky Southall, who were with you before at Crabble, is it? What strengths do they bring to the ta- the table? Well, they're knowledgeable people because they know they know this league. You know, great league. Nicky's had good promotions with Maidstone. He's done excellent alongside uh, Jay Saunders. Um, he's obviously worked at league level as well, and so has Darren. So um, I'm getting through people that I, I, I you know completely trust um, you know they they know what uh, they're on the same philosophy as me um, you know and I know they're, they're going to give everything to, to Dover Football Club they'll be out we'll be out watching players we'll be out watching games during days you know a lot of under 23 games to be to be seen uh, after training so we'll be out there watching watching games watching players uh, and they'll bring all of that to the, to the table so uh, you know I'm looking forward to working with them again and uh, you know it's exciting times yeah, the league position doesn't lie at the moment. They're struggling, but you say this is a challenge. Is this the biggest challenge of your career you've had recently? Yeah, I would say so. You know, I think um, you know it's without a shadow of a doubt. It's, uh, it's a massive, massive challenge, and uh, but that's uh, you know that's a challenge that I relish. And uh, yeah, the, the, the pressure side of it is uh, there's always pressure, whatever end uh, you're in of uh, uh, the table. Um, unfortunately, at the moment we're at the bottom end, and uh, we've got to start looking up and we've got to start climbing it. So. It's a big change, but change uh, I'm really looking forward to. Also, the FA Cup was drawn today. It's funny how football works. You're up against uh, Sammy Moore and Darren Beale, how you know pretty well with your first spell at Dover. It's a yeah. difficult tie against Concord, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. They've already been on the phone winding me up, so I've already had the, I've already had the phone call. As soon as I heard the draw, off, uh, it was pretty much five minutes later. The, the, phone, the phone rang and it was Sammy Moore's name came up, so <laughs> I knew what was coming. So... Uh, but yeah, it just shows you then. So yeah, that'd be a good game. Sammy's doing doing well at uh, at Concord along with Darren Darren Bill and uh, they're good people. I mean, Sammy's a good player. He probably he packed up playing too too early for me. He's, you know, he could probably he's got himself fit. He could still play now, but uh, he decided to go into the management side of it and uh, he's doing well. So uh, another big game for us. One that uh, is going not, not going to be easy. So it is all going to be all change, isn't it, Matt? Dover are. That are going to be a full-time team from now and Andy Hessenthaler by the sounds of it wants to shake up that squad a little bit yeah I think he's ha- he has to he can't use any of that squad um, to try and get him out of a hole if they have that squad for the rest of the season they'll probably get relegated with about 10 points I would say um, it- it's a big challenge for him I think uh, a challenge he knows his level um, he's moved closer to the area full-time thing it'd be interesting that 
there was rumours that they're going to try training at Cravel a bit more. A lot of the players are London-based, so that may affect them and may affect a few players who may not want to come down. But yeah, it's it's, it's a big opportunity. Um, I expect changes and signings very shortly, and I would have thought the side that started against Salford, at least by the time they played his first home game against Dagenham in a few weeks' time, will be completely changed. Um, I've got my ideas of players who should never pull on their white shirt again, and I'm sure Andy Hessenthaler who had Darren Hare and Nicky Southall in the stands, who is two assistants watching the Salford game. They're, you know, they know what players are good enough and which ones won't be. So, yeah, it's full-time. You know, you've seen this going full-time during part of the season. Sides have tried it before. Guysley and Chester, I think they did it, and they both got relegated. So, But Andy Hessenthaler knows this division. He's got a few contacts, and we'll go from there. It's, you know, we've got 30 games to go, 31 games to go. So, uh, uh, there's a long way to go and hopefully he can get us out of it. If we finish fifth from, fifth from bottom now, it's a successful season, but I'm sure he's going to be given plenty of ammunition, which he needs to do from Jim Palmer to get, out, get it out of this hole they're in because the current side is not good enough. And they played a little bit better on Saturday, to be honest. I thought the formation went 4-4-2. First time in about four and a half years, Dover have played four at the back, so which is a... Which I played all right, but you know, Salford were a little bit better and pretty potent. Adam Rooney with a hat trick, but yeah, I, 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 I'm as I said, I haven't bought the non league paper the last few weeks because I'm so depressed looking at the paper. But um, I'm optimistic now, and hopefully, they announce a few signings um, and, and we go from there. But yeah, I'm disappointed, Chris Kinnear, he's such a top bloke. But Andy Hessenthal is in, Andy Hessenthal out to the fore, and hopefully, um. We'll go on from there. But if you're a Maystone fan who's listening to this ahead of playing Dover tomorrow, I don't know if you'll play your first team, but you're going to play the Dover Academy team, so you might see some goals if you go to the Gallagher today, but it won't be Andy Hessenthaler in charge of the Kensington Cup. Um, what I was going to say about, about Hessenthaler as well, Matt, is, and I know you've got some stats, when he took over the club before, they were pretty much at their, at their lowest ebb, weren't they? Down in what is now the, the Bostic South East Division. Um, and he did exactly what was expected of him to get them back up into the National League South before he left and went back to Gillingham. Completely different challenge from this time, but I think this is probably his level at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. He's had his chance in the league with uh, with Gillingham and uh, Lake Norrit a little bit. Um, he's known this level. He, to be fair, recently he's turned around. They beat over earlier in the season. Um, and he's won the last four games without you know, with only one goal conceded. So, I think he'll get Dover organised. Yeah, I think it is his level. He came in um, 2007, I think it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. The year he got married. So I remember that just before he got married that he'd been appointed. And, and he had plenty of budget and got, won the Ryman South. Won the, uh, won, excuse me, run the Ryman Premier pretty easily. And then uh, finished second in the Conference South to Newport. And then he left to Gillingham. So he lost in the playoffs in that. But yeah, 140 games in charge. He's won 92 of them and only lost 24. So... Um, if he carries on that form, Dover will be riding high. But it's a challenge for him. And in that interview, it is probably a big challenge. But uh, a three-year contract, which is quite surprising, as Jim Parmenter wouldn't give Chris Kinnear a contract, what Chris Kinnear said. But um, he's here for the long haul. But there's enough games if Dover can get it right, because I'm sure they're going to splash the cash on new players now. So, um, uh, And it will be interesting to see who they are. But yeah, I think everybody, some, there's some people who are a bit miffed when he walked out to go to Gillingham. But you know, that's his club. Um, how many expelled he's had at Gillingham? Three, is it? I think could, so, yeah. So, yeah, he could eventually go for four, but 
that'll be I don't think maybe he's done his time at Chillingham but uh, yeah well um, yeah the only way is up I think probably the lowest of the low was Dover after sacking Chris Kinnear losing 4-1 to Salford we probably can't get much lower I don't think now so um, yeah the only way is up and yeah I, I'm, I'm optimistic I'm, I'm hopefully I know it's a bit harsh some of the players I've seen this season will never wear the Dover shirt again and for some of them for me that's good I wouldn't say he's negative about some of these players, but he actually said he'd be quite happy if I'd signed uh, to replace a couple of them today. I won't name any names, but um, I'll ask you about the squad as well, Matt. What What is the task for him? Because both of us today, we've looked down the squad at Eastleigh and thought, well, who's going to follow him? I couldn't see many players there that personally I would think would be worth the hassle of getting out of a contract if they're down at Eastleigh. But... What play? Where does he need to start? I'm guessing attack is is number one priority for you. Um, uh, down the spine of the side, Mitch Walker's, you know, a, a good goalkeeper. So Mitch Walker and Mitch Brundle probably the ones from there. We have struggled. We start defensively. Pull crosses into the penalty area. We can't defend them. So um, that's one of the things uh, you could do with an old-fashioned leader at the back, or I like to say, heads the ball and also the man. Somebody strong who can to do that job to organise the defence. Conor Essam, who's there, and Hesson Tyler signed him numerous times wherever he's been. Um, hasn't had the greatest start of the season, but maybe it'll kickstart him. I presume they're not going to play four at the back. Uh, a midfield playmaker. Brundle is a good player for Dover, a good leader. Well, they need somebody to fire the ammunition to to, to get the ball. Then you've got an attack. That's we don't look like the story. You know, we scored on Saturday, to be fair, but the strikers have got nothing in them. I've still got great big hopes for people like Jamie Allen if you play to his strengths. But yeah, somehow, to get out of the hole we're in, you've got to find a goal scorer who's, you know, in a tight game, is that fox in the box to score the goals. So, yeah, it, it basically, all over the pitch, John. It's a long, long and short of it all. And just finally, before we sort of wrap this bit up, um, the players that are there at the moment... The, I've heard a couple of mixed things. I've heard some people saying they're on full-time contracts and that it will be an easy transition to being a full-time team. But I know at least two players, two players that you've mentioned there, have got jobs. So how's that going to impact them? If they're if the team's training during the days and there are people who've got day jobs that they actually have to do during the days, I mean, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a secret that a couple of the Dover players work in schools. Yeah. What's going to happen with them? I mean, that th- they surely run the risk of being completely ostracised from their teammates by not being able to train. Yeah, th- th- this is the issue. There is certain players who've got two-year contracts. Brundle was one of them. I, th- I think I'm led to believe that Brundle does do some other work as well because if you turn up at training at six o'clock, you're kicking your heels unless you're down the gym um, from that point of view. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, but maybe they can get out of it and things like that. The keepers, Mitch Walker works at the school, Lewington... I think he works at Charlton Academy. So, um, but maybe it's written into their contract, right? If we go for training, I know they've trained in the afternoons before, about two or three o'clock in the afternoon, where they've been doing it at where Ebbsfleet train at K Sports, I think it is. So, yeah, I think some of the players may not want to do it, but if you're playing National League level, there can't be many sides that don't train during the day. So, um, um, you're going to have to get on with it. There may be some players that leave that we don't want to leave. But hopefully there'll be players that we do want to leave that don't want to do it as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I look forward to seeing what his team lineup is um, in the next few weeks. He's got, of course, they've got a few loan players in. They've got um, a couple from Chesterfield and Masankaru from 
from Premier League Burnley who turned up for 45 minutes and we haven't seen him since but maybe he could be the next the future so interesting how he deals with that because you know it shows you haven't got that many loan players to use in the market so he's got to be coy in the market and he has to but I but you know by the time there'll be players making their debut Saturdays no doubt about that well, talking of, of Saturday, first up for Hessen Tyler was a trip to Harrogate. And he's already been there that this season with Eastley. Do you know the score of that one, Matt? 3-0 to Harrogate, wasn't it? No, they got four, mate. 4-0. Four four, so, right. uh, I suppose... <laughs> but you, on paper, Harrogate, thinking, right, if we get anything out of that, bonus. It's after that. Braintree, Maidenham, Dagenham. Three games on the spin, two at home. If we pick up points then, you're back in it. Because the good thing about this weekend... Everybody else lost at the bottom as well. He didn't lose any ground that much. So, yeah, the, the, within the next four to six weeks, you'll know where we're going to go, I'm sure. And obviously, Braintree, they uh, sat their manager as well um, over the weekend. They've, they've gone as far as putting their, well, as, as easily have actually, they've put their job advert on social media. What I liked about the Braintree ones, they even said the salary is up to 40 grand a year. So if you fancy a crack at it, that's how much they're going to pay you. At, at they, put, they put the salary on, did they? Yep, up to £40,000 per annum for the salary. Interesting. I could do that. Yeah. Bit of a trek over Braintree. It's absolutely nightmare to get to. So um, I will confirm I will not be putting my um, hat in the ring for the Braintree job. That's that's going. Who's an Essex boy? Who's, who's going to get the Braintree job, do you reckon? I, I told you I reckon's going to get it. You didn't seem keen on that idea. No, no. He's going to keep his powder dry from that. Who's, a, who's done a... Who's, um, they need somebody who knows the level. Essex. Uh, oh, Haken, hey, Retton. Has he been there? He's been there, He's before. Been there before. Yeah, he was there at the start uh, of a couple of seasons. Julian oh, Lewis or something like that. It's like a that. tough one for them. I mean, they can they can go into Suffolk, but what I did say to Matt that I think they're probably made for Chris Kinnear because partly because their pitch is terrible, so it doesn't matter how bad the football is. Um, obviously, they they they've had. It's been tough for Braintree. They had a bit of stability. They had um, Alan Devonshire for years. Then they had the Cowleys. Um, and got into the playoffs, and now they've sort of moved on. But it, it could be anyone over there. I wouldn't be shocked if they have a look at Jody Brown, actually, the former Haybridge manager. That wouldn't shock me. A good over shout. That. Mad, mad Jody, yeah that, yeah, that could be a good shout. He'll take it on board. Yeah, and he, but he, but he's, he'd definitely take it on board. He, I, I, I'm pretty sure convinced it won't be Chris Kinnett. Okay, he talks a good game as well, Jody Brown. But anyway, this is the Kent non-league podcast, not the Essex non-league podcast. There is one of those, actually, so you could listen to that. Is yeah, there's a guy over over in Essex who, who, who certainly did do a podcast. I don't know if he uh, if he still does, but uh, there there's certainly some news outlets over there who do much better coverage of Essex football than we could ever imagine. To um, we're elsewhere in the National League, it was same old, same old really this weekend. Ebbsfleet's poor home form continued as they were beaten by Harrogate, um, while Bromley won their second Kent derby on the road this season as they beat Maidstone United and. You know, Maystone, they've had a little bit of a bounce under Harry Wheeler, but they, they need a home win, just as Ebbsfleet do, don't they? Yeah, I think the only more concern for um, Maystone is that only one person seems to score any goals for them, Blair Turgut. They brought the guy in from Berry, who Chris Kinnear, I know, tried to bring in last week for Dover. So, um, from that point of view, yeah, yeah, yeah. New manager bounce, new players have come in. They've got rid of Jamal Lozier, which I was quite surprised about. I thought he may be... Part of Harry Wheeler's um, thinking, yeah, but new manager bounce. They've got some tough games coming up as well, Maidstone. So um, he'll know what sort of jobs on his um, he's got coming up. So uh, interesting. And absolutely, you know, they're complaining about the home form. The home form is exactly the same as Dover's. Played eight, lost six of them. So 
But again, yeah, maybe nothing, you know, a little bit more concerning, I think, for uh, Ebbsfleet. Because, you know, I still fancy them to get in the playoffs, but you've got to pick up your points at home. And there's been a bit of grumbling, isn't there? Yeah, there has. And, and you can kind of understand um, the concerns uh, about that home form because, you know, the, the home fans want to want to see Ebbsfleet United doing well. And, and their their home record this season, there's no other word for it, is dismal. It is, it is just nowhere near good enough. And it... But, the longer a run like that goes on, the more of a problem it becomes. And, and then they find it harder to play at home because, you know, th- there is so much pressure on them. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and, and you see in the cup draw today, they've got a, a decent cup draw, I think, a lower league side at home, but the pressure will be on from from that point of view. I just, normally they were pretty solid last season, obviously, but scoring goals is a real problem at home as well. So, yeah, I just, I'm really surprised about that. They're not going to win the league, which, you know, they would have been one of the favourites for that. Have they got enough to get in the playoffs now? Maybe that's gone out of the window as well. And that puts a little bit of pressure on because the money they've got, budget they've got, and the expectation they've got, as you think what they did at the back end of last season, they were top, you know, I expected them to be top five pretty easily. So, you know, Dover had a terrible start to the season. Maidstone had a terrible start to the season. Looking at, you know, round their clubs as well but you look at Ebsley the money they've got you know they're probably just as bad they're underachieving just as bad as the other two yeah and and the thing with Ebsley was we can't, I said this a couple of times last year and I'm sure I said it at the start of the season last year they were a little bit of an unknown quantity and I wonder if teams have figured them out a little bit more and that's why they're finding it so hard to score goals at home teams obviously are coming down here they know how to stop them and that's what they're doing yeah uh, what I did like about Maman, he's brought, he kept the majority of the squad last season. He's tinkered it a little bit there, brought cheek in, etc. But maybe the other players aren't kicking off. The Magries and uh, no, they've had Jack Payne, good player when I saw him uh, last season running the play. Andy Drury, maybe they just, maybe maybe something's not right in the absolute camp. I don't, I don't really know. But if they're going to be up the turn of the table, they've got to beat Harrogate. Harrogate, you know, a decent side at this level. I think probably be one of the sides that will drop off later on in the team. They've got to be beating them, but looking in the reports of the game, they didn't even deserve anything out of the game. And, you know, it just seems a bit of a negativity around the club. But I'm sure Darrell McMahon's going to turn it around, but it could be a nervous cup game there against Worthing in a couple of weeks or time if they haven't done it. Yeah, and obviously we've talked about the negatives in the National League, but we should just talk about Bromley, who've gone to Maidstone, picked up three points, and... You know, after Neil Smith had a, a, a sort of vote of confidence last week, I mean, for, for us, having spoken to Neil on this show and on our other show and spent a bit of time with him, there's no way that man should be needing a vote of confidence, but it'd be a relief for him to get that three points. Yeah, I think so. And I have to say, I found it really refreshing, that statement that came from the Bromley board. I think it was it was good for the supporters, telling them what's going on, the problems with the stand, etc. Like that, yeah. There should be no way that Neil Smith is in, in any way. He's doing a fantastic job there. Interesting, he's brought Jay Saunders in to help him out as well, um, the former Maidstone manager. To you know, I, I like that sort of thing. He's not afraid to um, get help on board when it's not working out, but that's a good result against Maidstone. They need just to follow that up now, don't they? Just get a, go on a bit of a run because they've been so inconsistent over the last few games. Don't they? They need to sort that out. I think they're back at home this week as well. It's quite a big game, I think, this week. Yeah, they're home to Barrow on Saturday and elsewhere... Um... Ebbsfleet United are at Solihull Moors and Maidstone are away to AFC Fylde. And for just for fun, Matt, who's going to score the most this weekend? Fylde are home to Maidstone, Harrogate are home to Dover or Salford are home to Braintree? Um, I'd be shocked if Salford did not 
pull Braintree apart from that point of view. Files, my mate Danny Rowe, I picked him up to my mate. My mate's a big better. He likes his betting. Said to him, put your money on Danny Rowe. He's going to score goals, goals, goals. Every week, I get a text saying, have you forgotten where the goal is? You've forgotten where the goal is? So I'm surprised about Files. I didn't even beat Chesterfield. So after seeing Salford, Adam Rooney was good, but Rory Gaffney, the, the ginger-headed stri- striker in strike panels, absolutely brilliant for them. So, yeah, you would have thought that Salford, who I think they've won six out of seven at home, should put plenty past a, a, a Braintree side, yes. <laughs> that, that, that would be my bet as well. Um, all four of our National League teams learned their FA Cup fate on Monday, um, and there was only one other Kent team in the hat with them. That was Welling, who continued their excellent form with a 2-0 win in front of more than 1,000 fans at Hereford. But it was the end of the road for Dartford and Ramsgate, who were both well beaten, Oxford City and Hemel Hempstead respectively, and quirkily those who will meet in the fourth qualifying round. Uh, Ebbsfleet received a, ho- a home tie against lower league opposition in Worthing, as we've already discussed. Uh, Dover on the road to Concord. Bromley will be away to either Gloucester City or Dorking Wanderers. And Maidstone are at home to Leighton Orient, while Welling go to Woking, who sit just above them in the National League South table. And yet again, Matt powers that be at the FA. They've not done the Kent teams many favours there, have they? No. Um, uh, we'll start with the Welling. Fantastic result against Hereford. You know, people know my opinions on Hereford. So, went down there. Steve King did a really good job. Hereford, I love them going a bit of a transition period, but um, you have to go there, silence the crowd. Two goals, job done, get out of there. Again, Woking, another one of my favourite teams. I hope the Wings can beat there. It's going to be tough, but I think with Steve King, they've got, they've got a good chance. Everfleet against Worthing, nine times out of ten, they'll beat them. But, you know, they're worried about home. Maidstone against Dorian, that's a tough one for the Stones. They're at home, already beaten them at uh, uh, the league this season. So that's going to be tough. And Dover at Concord, I, I texted my mate earlier saying, what's the Sammy Moore derby? Uh, Andy Hessenthal, you mentioned that interview, knows about Sammy Moore, um, et cetera, like that. I love the FA Cup and you know some of my better memories at Dover have been well some of my worst memories have been in the FA Cup and some of my better memories but if you offer me now Concord 12 Dover nil, and Dover finish fifth from bottom and stay up I'd take the latter and I sound like one of those Premier League fans who doesn't care about the Cup and I hate myself for saying that I see I think that's I think that's not a bad tie for, for Dover that one and, and I'm going to be confident and say when we discuss this, as we will do, what next week is, 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 isn't it? But we'll discuss. And I think that it's not, it, yeah, it's a disappointing draw, but I think there's definitely pathways through for some of our National League teams. And I am hopeful that Dover Athletic will be one of them. Uh, in the I've, National- worked out, I've worked it out that I, I, I haven't seen Dover win for six months. I've seen about eight, nine of the games this season, they haven't won. So yeah, I haven't seen them win for six months, so which is quite depressing. That's why I'm not buying the non league paper. I haven't even watched their highlight show on the on the BT, the Vanderama, because I just can't bear to watch it. So I need, I need something to kick me out of this mood, John. You see, normally I'm a quite happy chappy, but when I, you know, I can't even look at, can't even look at the league. I wouldn't be able to tell you the league favourite in the National League. I know we're doing bad, but I couldn't tell you the points because I'm just too sad to look at it. So there you go. Well, I can tell you, Matt, that Dover are, are not just outside the playoffs. If that helps. <laughs> That's well, I, I, I would be able to tell you that if that, yeah, the case. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident that something will be uh, on the way up. Yeah, I need to be. You know, the non-league paper might probably go out of business as I've been their long-standing customer for every week. My, my poor newsagent at the end of the road, who's probably the only one person who buys it, is probably a bit shocked. 
Well, at least your news agent will, will be hopeful to see you soon, then he'll be cheering on Dover as well, Matt, so that's <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, well, maybe I'm going to get another supporter then, at that point of view, he'll be shocked when he sees me again. <laughs> when I walked in, he sort of have it ready for me, but as I'm just it's too miserable to buy it now, so no, it's, it's a quality edition anyway, but no. Just, I mean, I, 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 this time next month, I'll be dancing for joy down there when I pick it up. Excellent. In the National League South this weekend, uh, Welling are at home to Slough Town, looking to continue their good form. Or Dartford are on the road. They are off to Chippenham uh, in the National League South there. In the Bostick League Premier Division, Tommage Angels got back to winning ways as they overcame Potter's Bar Town 2-1. While, as we already kind of mentioned, quite facetiously, Margate drew 0-0 with Harlow. Now, four home league games is that they even scored. In fact, Matt... I know you'd have a stat. The only home league game Margate have scored in all season was their first home league game. They scored five that day. Um, that 20 minutes, wasn't it, in the first half? Yeah, exactly. So they, they've just literally just stopped scoring at Hartsdown Park. And obviously the natives are getting restless about that. And the minute that the Chris Kinnear news was announced, there were posts all over the Margate forum on on Facebook saying, get him back. And... and you know, you do wonder if down the line that could be an option, but I think Chris Kinnear would have his sights set higher. And Margate, let's not forget, have got two managers in there, joint managers. You've only been doing a job for two months, so they need to have a bit of time, don't they? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Margate are such a funny club. When, you know, two years ago, um, when they held you know, well, a bit more than that, when Terry Brown was there and Nicky Ball was in there, did a decent job. Steve Watt came in, the optimism was, was there. And that didn't really work out. We expected them to get in the playoffs, and it didn't. And they've gone down the route of Mike Sandman and um, and Steve Brown. A um, bit of stability at the club. But the fans' are expectations are a lot more. Margate probably are a Conference South club, but they just seem to can't get it right. And I think there's a lot of confusion of what goes around off the field as well about the you know the, what they're going to build anything. Is the new board going to? Sweeping changes doesn't really worked out for them. But what are the expectations? Do you think budget-wise, are Margate uh, to win this division? Maybe yeah, they've got a decent enough squad, but maybe it's just not working. I don't think Chris Kinnear would go back to Margate for his third spell unless he hasn't got a job to go to. I, 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 it's it's tough, but again, yeah, I just struggle for see where Margate what do what Margate expectations are really. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that their fans seem to expect them to be challenging at the top. But I think ultimately, their frustration at the moment is just that they want to see their team playing good football and scoring goals. And if they're not scoring goals at home, then you can kind of understand, actually, they've got every right to be frustrated. It's a little bit like the Ebb Street situation. You know, the home fans, especially down at Margate, they want to see their team doing well because most of their away games are a long old way. So you can understand that they might actually want to see their team performing. Yeah, well, and to be honest, you look at the league table, Margate, 14 points. They're only three points off being third. So we saw that good win, win they had midweek last time, the better away from home. Um, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. There's a lot of games to play. You've seen Tumbridge Angels starting well. Tumbridge Angels struggled a bit last season. I'm sure the quality they've got, the Franny Collin, the Joe Taylors, if they can get players fit, I know Alex Brown is a bit of a blow to them, at least missing the rest of the season. But they've, they've got the contacts to bring players in. And then maybe, I suppose, if Dover are going to get rid of a few players, there may be a few players they can pick up from Dover. And maybe the Roman Premier League is some of those players' standards. But I think Margate, yeah, it, it's not right off the season yet. I know the FA Cup was disappointing when they went out of that, but that was always going to be tough. Uh, the game, they had the, lost to Concord, didn't they? Yeah, they did. so, so they did lose to 
to Concord there. That was always going to be tough. But yeah, you know, they're doing all right. Eight games in, you know, 11 goals in 10 games is a bit of a surprise when you look at the strikers they've got. But they've only conceded nine. So yeah, not all doom and gloom. Maybe look at it Christmas, Margate, when, when they have to, have to play for about two weeks. They can uh, look at it from there. But yeah, it's just a little bit, yeah, just, well, it's easy to say that. Keep it calm, Margate. I'm sure it will come good. Cause, you know, Mike Sandman's a good manager, knows his level. Steve Brown, his record speaks for himself of what he's done in football. And what are Folkestone though, Matt? Another poor result for them, losing 4-1 at Kingstonian, a second 4-1 defeat in a row, and they haven't won since September the 1st. Neil Cugley says he's looking at a shake-up, but slightly worrying times for Invicta, who were on the crest of a wave last season, started this one really well too, but now they're they're really up against it, aren't they? Yeah, you know, Folkestone were always a side, you know, likely to concede goals, but they always like to score goals. But a couple of four-one thumpings, something's not right. They've lost um, they lost Joe Taylor, who's a big part for them. Aidy Yusuf seems to have forgotten where the back of the net is as well. So yeah, Neil Cugley, he's seen it all before from this point of view. Again, maybe under it, maybe they overachieved last season and we picked them up a little bit how they would go on, but maybe they're getting a little bit caught out. And it's maybe back to basics and it'll be interesting again to what players, if they're going to try and bring in and what they can do. There may be again a few players from Dover maybe looking to go to Folkestone again. I'm not here, you know, I'm trying to sell off Dover players to lower league sides, but there may be players that could become available. They might want to do it, but Neil Cogley knows his onions. I'm sure he'll get it right. But again, you look at these two sides struggling. We said it before, they've gone out, the FA Cup defeat for Folkestone was an, uh, uh, Burgess Hill, wouldn't it? No, it was probably big in that expectation since then. It's gone a little bit downhill. But Neil Cugley, no, n- n- nobody's under pressure from Neil Cugley. He is Mr. Folkestone. But they are a middle of the table, Ryman Premier League, Devon Bostick Premier League side. So, um, again, just, I wouldn't get too disappointed with what they're doing because we know they can come good. Um, this weekend, there are games, all three of our teams are home on Saturday on non-league day. Uh, Invicta at home to Dorking Wanderers, Margate are at home to Enfield and Tunbridge Angels at home to Bognor Regis Town. And then Folkestone go to Bognor Regis on Tuesday uh, in that league in the Bostick Premier. In the Bostick League South East, Cray Wanderers are now nine points clear after a 7-2 win over Faversham. The ones are averaging almost three goals a game so far this season and we kind of saw this with them last year, Matt, and the challenge to them now is they've got to take this all the way, haven't they? Yeah, I think um, I think they had nearly about 100 goals by March, didn't they? And they were very confident when you spoke to them. Yeah, we want to get 100 points, 100 goals and to be promoted. And they're in a very good position uh, at the moment now to to take that on. 7-2 up. There was six, seven goals by the 67th minute. Freddie Parker got a couple. Sammy Dadson got a couple. Barney Williams, well, quite rated when he was at... Um, Welling there, Faversham, shame about uh, from them, they're, they're very up and down side, yeah, they've got a good position here I would have thought um, Cray to carry on they're nine points clear uh, how many people teams got up from this division, is it two again or do we know, we don't know, one isn't it? I think it's one, one automatically the and then possibly one in the playoffs but yeah, let's not go it. there, I'm trying not to think, think about it Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think they you know they had a disappointing end to the season last year didn't they, when it sort of they probably thought they were going to get, go up automatically and it all went wrong. So they, they've got scoring goals. They're good at home. They should be able to see it through from here. But of course, Hyde on their um, on their tails as well with another good result for them. Yeah, I suppose that one thing you've got to say about Cray is fair play to them because when you've had a disappointing end of the season like that, losing the playoffs in the manner that they did at home, um, 
you can you can understand if there's a hangover, but full credit to Tony Russell, the manager there, and his coaching staff because they've hit the ground running this year and they are determined that they are going to make it this time around. And as you say, Hyde had a good result at the weekend, a couple of goals for Zach Hunter as they beat VCD Athletic 3-0. They're currently second, although Hastings have got three games in hand on both of those teams and Phoenix, who are third after a 2-2 draw uh, with Whiteleaf. The other results on Saturday were Ashford 2-3, Bridges 4 East Quincy Town won, Seven Oaks Town won, Seven Oaks still in good form. Sittingbourne uh, went down 2-0 at Haywards Heath. Thamesmead got off the bottom with a 3-0 win over Guernsey. And Whitstable beat Greenwich Borough 2-0. And Herne Bay are now bottom of the league. But like Hastings, they've only played six league games. Here we are, October the 8th. Uh, they've got one on Tuesday night. Six league games by October the 8th, which is absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? In the Premier League, it's played more games than that, hasn't it? So, um, they're moaning about games. Yeah, Herne Bay, John, M- uh, John Embry and Jermaine Darling will be looking to get... They've only played two home games. As a club, how can Herne Bay go through two... Basically, three months of the season? Because you play August, September... Uh, well, two months of the season, I should say. August and September, without playing two home games. They must have real problems financially as well. So, something's got to change on that. That's, that's pretty poor, and hopefully they can... Um, get some games going and get some money through the gates and move up the table. Yeah, FA Trophy on Saturday, and you won't be surprised to hear that uh, Herne Bay are away. Uh, they're away to Aylesbury. It's Bedford, Bedfont Sports against Whitstable, Canby Island against Cray Wanderers, Faversham against Sittingbourne, Grays against Seven Oaks, Hyde against FC Romania, Phoenix Sports take on Ramsgate, and VCD are at home to Hanwell Town. So, um, again, one of those things that they're all playing teams of a level, uh, the FA Trophy for me for these teams is a frustrating competition because they they're not going to win it, and the biggest glamour tie they can get is the likes of Dover. So again, I I just wonder the wisdom of this, and I'm sure a lot of these teams, especially ones that are focusing things elsewhere, that's not a top priority for them, is it? No, 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 at all. Because um, the prize money is nothing hate... all. Yeah, yeah, I think they're giving it all in the FA Cup. I think they maybe just need to expand the. Uh the money for this it's a difficult competition um, for some of these sides and they probably want to play league games and if you speak to Herne Bay know where they've got it where are they playing Herne Bay? Aylesbury so that's a trek for a start they'll probably lose money going to places like this so yeah it's something the league needs to look maybe they need to look at something from this mate I suppose they don't want another a competition between the Vars and the trophy because that probably gets very very confusing but yeah, it's, it's, we say it every year, it's a difficult competition. Unless you put the Devon Bostic South sides in the, in the Vars and they go for it a, bit, a little bit more rather than that. It's something that needs to be looked at. It's far too early. The conference sides don't come into the middle of December. So how many rounds we've got up to that point of view? It's about three or four games. So yeah, it seems a bit of a farce, to be honest. Yeah, it is a bit of a farce and you feel sorry for those teams. In the Southern Counties East League, um, goals galore again on Saturday. Um, again, so many goals flowing around in that division. Teams scoring four for fun. Uh, the results on Saturday were Beersid 4, Rustle 2, Canterbury City 5, Croydon 2, Chatham Town 4, Deal nil, Corinthian 1, Beckenham Town nil, Cray Valley 7, Hollands and Blair 1, Irith Town 1, Crowborough Athletic 1, Fisher 4, K-Sports 1, Northwood 1, Glebe 1, Sheppey United 4, AFC Croydon 0, and Tunbridge Wells 2, Punjab United 4. Like I say, everyone was scoring 4. It's all in vogue. Um, and because it went down so well last week, I just can run down the uh, Division 1 results as well uh, in that league. Bryden Ropes 2, Kennington 2, Wellington, who we spoke to last week, 5-1 winners at Irith and Belvedere to keep going at the top. 
It was Greenways 1, FC Elmstead 1, Holmesdale 2, Phoenix Sports Reserves 0, Lewisham Borough 0, Lidtown 1, Sporting Club Thamesmead 1, Forest Hill Park 2, Stansfeld 6, Meridian VP 0 and Sutton Athletic 5, Rochester United 1. So if you want to see some goals, there's surely only one place to go, yeah? Yeah, um, the result of stands out there, look at it there. Tunbridge Wells were 2-0 up against Punjab United. And they lost 4-2 by conceding four in the last 18 minutes. Tunbridge Wells played 10 games, lost eight. What is going wrong there? The side that got to Wembley and never really took it on from that point of view. What a really, so disappointing for them. I know there's a lot of hardcore supporters of Tunbridge Wells and they must be absolutely distraught of how the seasons are going. You know, it's, it's, it's a strange one because you know, before I got to you know do this podcast, you think Tunbridge Wells, oh, they're a big club from it. But ever since we've been covering them, they've been absolutely terrible. But I can't seem to put, put, put my finger on it why it is. Maybe we should try and want to come on, John, get something from Tunbridge Wells and say, now, what, what's happened to the club? Well, I remember I did speak to Jason Bourne at Whitstable last season um, when I went down to that game there where they actually got a point, if I remember rightly, against uh, against Whitstable Town. Um, but they were. he said to me that, you know, the fact that they played at Wembley almost hangs over them and people expect them to be a big club, but they're not. They're not one of the big players in that league. You know, they have got young players. I mean, you see the, the players that they had there last year, all the all the players that I recognise that, that, that were probably their better players have moved on again. So it's it's difficult for Tunbridge Wells because I don't think they are big players. It's not a football town. Yeah, they've got the supporters there. But it, it it's a tough it is a tough one and, and perhaps they are where they are. They they were on the crest of a wave under as twice I've used that phrase today, under uh, under Martin Larkin when they got to Wembley and then they went for it for a couple of seasons after that. But they have just just stagnated us I, I suppose and you know, it it must hurt them to see the likes of, you know, Corinthian, Sheppey United, Bearstead, fifth, sixth, and seventh in this league when they're down in eighteenth. No, it, 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 it's a it's a real shock. I mean, you know, no disrespect to Punjab. When where were Punjab when Tunbridge Wells were at Wembley? Probably yeah. a long, long way down, and that's only Punjab's second league win of the season. But you know, is, is Jason Bourne still the manager? Is he still? Yeah, he um, is. Yeah. I, he must be under pressure there. And he's a decent career with Maidstone. I think he was as well. So, yeah, it's a real sad state of affairs. So, um, if you are a Tunbridge Wells supporter, we'd love to hear from you. Tweet, tweet us or tweet, well, tweet us to see what, what's going on and if they can turn it around. But at the top of the table, you know, Chatham had a good result, but Canterbury and uh, still doing well. I think I think I read somewhere that Canterbury have put the plans in for their new ground, John. So, uh, fingers crossed for that. Yeah, and of course, the other result at the top of the table that you've got to mention was uh, Beckham's 100% start coming to an end. Oh, yes. As they were beating one 0 at Corinthian, um, a, a goal in the 40th minute there for Cameron Guyabor s- sent Beckham to their first defeat of the season, and, and I mean they're still five points clear at the top of the game in hand, but it does just show that they, that they are beatable. And much like Cray Wanderers, they tailed away at the end of the season. And they've had a really good start, and it's important for them how they bounce back from that setback. Yeah, well, I think we were giving them the lead title this time last week when uh, the results were right. Didn't expect them to to lose to Corinthian. Yeah, I think it's just getting them. The mentality you could chat him though, Paul Vines, Byron Walker, beaten Deal Town 4 0. Deal have had a good start to the season as well. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it could be, you know, opening up an interesting season and fair play to the evergreen Kevin Lisby with another hat trick. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's doing well, isn't he, Kevin Lisby? I don't know how many goals he's got this season or how old he is, but he still bangs in the goals for Cray Valley. 
Well, indeed, he does. There are some games on Tuesday night in that league. So, Beckenham have got the chance to bounce back when they're at Croydon, AFC Croydon uh, on Tuesday night. And Corinthian against Glebe, Crowborough against Beersted and Deal against Canterbury. Um, also, and there's a couple of games on Wednesday as well. Croydon against Fisher and K-Sports against Sheppey. And then on Saturday, the FA Vars is back in town, Matt. <laughs> Um, get, get your map book ready. Okay, what teams you got? Right, Siddlesham against Chatham Town, uh, Sheppey United against East Preston, Wick against East Lord's... Preston. That's in Sussex. I know that one. Very good. Wick against Lordswood. Yeah, Wick, Wicks, Sussex. Yeah, Corinthian against Deal Town. I know that one. Beerstead against Beckenham Town. I know that one. AFC Croydon Athletic against Fairham Town. That's not in Kent. I don't know why I did either of them. Fairham, Fairham, Fairham Town. Yeah. But... Uh, Hampshire. I'm saving the best till last year. Bedford and Feltham against Irith Town. Bedford, Bedford. That's Surrey, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's, well Whistler are playing Bedford as well on Saturday. So, uh, New Haven against Rustall. That's an easy one. New Haven, DF, isn't it? It's the old ferry. That's Sussex again. Yep, Sussex. And Tunbridge Wells against AFC Uckfield. Uckfield, Middlesex. No, that's Sussex as well. That's where uh, that's who Darford beat in the cup. Um, oh, but yeah. the best of the bunch is St. Pantaleamon against Cray Valley. Is that Pantaleamon like the ex-Watford goalkeeper? <laughs> um, not quite, but, but pretty close. But I don't think they're going to be from Romania like he was. <laughs> Pantaleamon. I would say it's a leafy suburb of Middlesex. Do you know what? They are the Greek Orthodox uh, representatives of... Harrow, so you can have that, actually. I think that's pretty impressive. They represent a Greek Orthodox church. That's, that's, what you love, that's what I love about it. Uh, do you know how they're doing, I suppose, are we? Uh, I don't, off the top of my head, no. I'm, I'm also just looking up where Siddlesham is, uh, which is in Chichester. Peter Siddlesham, the former Australian fast bowler. Uh, it, no, not him. Um, it's just outside of Chichester in uh, in West Sussex. So that's a, a, a fair old stomp that Chatham have got to make. Uh, but apparently there's a bar and restaurant there called The Crab and Lobster. It must be good because when I've Google searched the place, it's come up three times in the first four. So uh, maybe that's one to visit after I that game. Chichester's quite posh down that part of the world, isn't it? So, uh, oh, Chai, as people I, people I know say, yeah, I come from Chai. Oh, it's called Chai instead of Chichester. There you go. That thing, is it? Well, 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 my mate was a good mate of mine. He used to call it Chai, so I don't know if anybody does. He used to call it Chai, but I think I've never been to. Oh, no, he's got a cathedral, Chichester. I did go to his house once, but um, I've never been to Chichester. But I think it's perfectly quite posh. Do you know my only memory of Chichester is um, back in the day when you could only get, when cars were like registered in certain places, and my dad had a brand new company car and he had to go and get it from Chichester. And uh, so he, he went down there and came back with this car. I don't even remember what it was. To did, be you, you just fact, did you know what the Kent uh, two-letter number plate is? It's, it begins with G, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. For Garden of England. Yeah. Oh, fair play. G-E, yeah. yeah. If you're listening to your car, look out the window. And if anybody's got a G-E, that means the car's registered in Kent. Apart from my spreadsheets, mate, there's no reason why you're a friend of me, is there? Nope. I come up with the most dullest of facts. Nope. Because um, I say this before, take you to something again. When we used to go to um, uh, German, when I used to go watch Germany, watch German football, I actually, everywhere we dreamt, we'd see where the things were. And I actually printed off the list of all the um, acronyms of each one. And I could say, so when you see one that said, I don't know, BO, which was Bonn, I could tell that car's from Bonn. And of course, on a four and a half hour journey from Calais to Dortmund, 
the time used to fly by, my mates used to say. Yeah, well, you can check out the rest of the fixtures on uh, the Southern Counties East League uh, website for there's some three games in the Premier League and a full programme in the First Division. It is non league day on Saturday, um, so do feel free to get along to the game. Non league day every day, my day. Well, exactly. And uh, obviously, after the recent conversation about German car number plates, there's also a vacancy for co hosts on the Kent Non League podcast. Um, all you have to do is be on the phone for about 30 minutes every week and not be a loser. Matt, would you like to reply? <laughs> Uh, well, I like being a loser with useless facts. You know, as long as you're entertaining people and making people laugh or thinking, who is this, Wally? That's that's the most important thing. You definitely did one of those things during that recent <laughs> conversation. Um, <laughs> that is pretty much it from the Kent Nonny podcast. I should just mention, actually, as I'm just scrolling down, that Canterbury City are at home to Salt Dean United on Sunday in the FA Vars. So that will be at Faversham's ground. Um, so if, you, if you're desperate for a football fix on Sunday, there is an option for you as well. A couple of games midweek in the scaffold um, as well. Uh, but that is pretty much it for this week's Kent Nonny podcast. It's turned into quite a long show. Um, sorry that we're so early, but hopefully you'll understand that, you know, I'm going to be there in Vienna singing uh, mid-year songs all week. Um, and I'll be thinking of you all. Probably won't. Um, but yeah, all that really remains to say is uh, thanks very much for everyone for listening. You can, don't forget to get in touch with us on social media um, and with your job applications. Uh, we're on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. We're on Facebook at Kent Non-League. Um, I'm at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerrard. Um, we're back on the air on Monday night on BBC Radio Kent as well, 9 till 10pm. Uh, please give us a listen. We're going to be talking about cricket, but I'm sure we'll mention Dover Athletic as well along the way. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks to Matt for sorting out Andy Hessen-Tyler. Thanks for giving up his Monday night as well. And we'll be back with you next week. It means nothing to me. Oh, Vienna.